couple here today, this morning, that I am especially glad to have here. There's a couple here named Chris and Denise Partika, and they are very dear to us. They came up this weekend for Thanksgiving. What is unique about this couple is they, of my past 30 years of ministry, they have shared probably 90% of that ministry with me. We have, Becky and I have had the privilege of discipling them since about 1987. And uh, so if you want to see what 30 years of Robert and Becky's discipleship looked like, meet Chris and Denise. They are very dear to us. I cannot, Seth, how in the world you pull that song out today, I don't know. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Because, do you know who introduced me to the deep, deep love of Jesus? As a hymn, it was Chris and Denise. And I am so thankful to God that they did. I've come to love that hymn. All right. So, now we're set. We are set now to give consideration to the Word of God and to one of the topics in the Word of God and the realities that are presented to us out of the Word of God, and that is the church. The church is very, very, very dear to me. I have given the better part of my life to the church. In fact, it was the church that caused the and back when the doctor was telling me he was going in to move my brain around, he asked me a question. Are you ready for this question? Here's the question. You ready for this? Man said, I'm going to cut your head open and take and move your brain around, take some of it out. And the man asked you this question. I need to know what's important to you. What do you mean? Is this like a multiple choice? I'm going to check all the above. So it was my love of the Word of God and my love of the church that motivated my answer I gave him. I said, Sir, I have spent the better part of my life studying the Scriptures and trying to articulate the truths contained therein. That is very important to me. And today we'll find out how much of that still is up there. All right, so if you if you have your Bibles, you turn to Galatians chapter four, and we're going to direct our attention to verse twenty six, where we find Paul employing a metaphor to describe the church. Now, within the Scripture. There are multiple metaphors that are used to describe and define the church. They are very different, but each one of them is necessary in order to understand the richness and the fullness of the church. And, but the one that we are going to consider today is one that is lesser known, especially the Protestants. But notice there, 
In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 26, Paul writes, The Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. Who is our mother? The Jerusalem that is above, which prompts the question, well, who or what is the Jerusalem that is above? That statement comes at the end of a series of contrast comparisons that Paul is making in that passage of Scripture. To define the, the Jerusalem above, we can look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 to 23, where the writer employs a very similar term, term and then associates it with other words that give us a definition of who our mother is, according to Paul in Galatians 4.26. So notice in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, here the writer, in a very similar fashion to what's going over in Galatians, is talking about a newness. And um, he, he writes this. He says, You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the myriad of angels. Now notice, to the general assembly of all those who are enrolled in heaven. I want to direct your attention to that phrase, general assembly. That word assembly is actually... The, it's the word church. So that is really what the church is. It's an assembly. And so the, the general assembly of Hebrews 12, 22, which is called the heavenly Jerusalem, is equal to the church, which is equal to the Jerusalem that is above in Galatians. So, what we find is, is that in Galatians 4, what Paul, when he says, she is our mother, he's referring to the church. He's calling the church our mother. The church is our mother. Before we start talking about how she is our mother, let's finish out our definition of the church. For the church is more than just a gathering. It is, while it is not less than a gathering, it is more than a gathering. I mean, the Kiwanis Club gathers. You can have all kinds of gatherings. It is not just the fact that we all congregate together. What defines a church is more than the gathering. It's the activities that go on in the gathering that constitute the church. And what are those activities? Well, they are prescribed by Scripture itself. And it tells us that when we gather, we are to, to pay attention to the public reading of Scripture. 
to preaching, to the singing of songs. Those are the some of the activities included in that is that our interactions with one another. When we get together and follow the scripture and we love one another and we interact with one another through our spiritual gifts and we pay attention to the give attention to the reading of scripture and to prayer and to preaching and singing therein, as Calvin would say in his institutes, in some measure is the true church. And a way to conceive of that is to conceive of it in terms of motherhood. There is mothering going on right now. If you'll turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, you'll see that Paul understood his own ministry in these terms. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. This is Paul talking about his interactions with the church. And he said, We proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. So Paul is telling Thessalonians, when I thought of you, I thought of you as, as my own children, and I was trying to mother you. And how did he do that? Through those prescribed activities of prayer and preaching and reading of Scripture and interacting with one another. Now as we seek to further understand the concept of the motherhood of the church, we need to think in terms of a mosaic because it is best explained and experienced in that way. You know what a mosaic is. It's a picture that is produced by taking small bits of tile or material and setting them in relation to one another so that a, a greater picture emerges with clarity. And that's really what the motherhood of the church is like. It's like a mosaic. There, it's, it would be hard to point to one activity of the church and say, well, now there, that, it looks like, that is the motherhood of the church in action. Rather, it is the sum total of all of our interactions and activities together that yields a net of the motherhood of the church. And I stand today before you as one of her sons. The church, my mother, has been faithful to teach me the scriptures. She has given me songs to sing. I was going to say she has taught me how to sing, but then that would you would be you wouldn't be, you wouldn't you'd be hating on my mom. 
because you, because you very well know she hadn't done that. But rather, she has taught me songs to sing. And this past April, I was so grateful to her for doing that. Because as I laid in the recovery, that is one of the things that sustained my soul. Was songs that had been taught to me by my mother. The church began to flood my being. Not only has she taught me the scripture and given me songs to sing, she has made room for me to serve her and my brothers and sisters. She has tolerated my feebleness. And she is faithful to always lead me back to my father and instill in my heart his greatness. Yes, there was a day. There was a day when my father my Heavenly Father, brought me to my Heavenly Mother and said, here, look what I found. Would you take care of Him? Would you love Him and console Him and teach Him and keep watch over Him? And she has. And I rejoice over my father's provision of the church who has been my mother and whom I rejoice this day. And who, because of her, because of my father's enablement, through her, I am able to stand here before you today. So Paul, in Galatians chapter 4, uses this metaphor in his address to the Galatians. Now what was going on in the Galatians' life? If you read just prior to our text, you'll see that they, they are starting to stray away from the church. They are returning to their old ways. But to return to the old ways is to leave behind your mother. And that is never a good thing to do. Because the world is a dangerous place especially if you don't have a mother looking out after you. So, so in the midst of this 
this ebbing away of, from the church by the Galatians to, to the old way, Paul is addressing them with great concern. And what we find interesting here is that he does not issue a command. That seems to be that that would be the easiest thing to do, right? For it seems that it would be it take maybe less ink as well to just say stop it. But he doesn't. He deploys a metaphor. Now understand this about a metaphor. A metaphor is not a fiction. Rather, it is a communication device that is used when mere words alone are not sufficient to carry the day. When you need to overwhelm the moment. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's setting forward this metaphor of a mother the church's mother, to appeal to more than just intellect or duty. He's doing it to appeal to emotion, to the totality of your being, right? I mean, if you want to make anybody cry, what do you do? You start talking about your mom. And that's kind of what Paul is doing here. He is trying to, he's overwhelming the, the Galatians with a, uh, with more than just words, but rather with the a reality to capture their attention and to change their attitude toward the church. What he's trying to do is he's trying to instill more than just mere obedience. He's looking for delight, not duty. Now, knowing the Galatians, they would have loved a command. If Paul would have said, get back in the church, they would say, okay, I'll go to church and then check off their box. But what he's after is more than just mere attendance. What he's actually after is he wants the, the Galatians to embrace the church, as one would embrace their mother, to create a devotion that will not be weathered away by the issues of life, but rather would sustain through the dark hours, through all the glitz and the glitter, all the, the all of that. Now, for the Galatians... What was drawing them away from the church was a return to an old form of religion, what we call Judaism. For us, that is not our battle. That is not our, well, it is our battle, it's just not our issue. We are drawn away from the church, we are drawn away from our mother, not by a return to an old form of religion. But you name it, you know what's in your heart. You know what? When given a choice between visiting with your mother, i.e. going to church, 
or some other activity? What wins the day? And what Paul is trying to do here for the Galatians and what we're trying to do here now in this moment is to change our attitude toward the church so that when that situation arises, there's no doubt of what we're going to do. We're going to run to our mother. We're not going to abandon her because she has never abandoned us. And when you have that that attitude shift, you'll know it because certain things will happen. You'll, re, you'll read your Bible differently. You remember over in Hebrews, there is... A, there is a command that is given, right? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Well, now that's what it would have sounded like if Paul had employed a command. But when you begin to see the church as your mother, you look at something like that, you look at that command and you go, well, that makes no sense at all. Because who in the world would want to miss the assembly? Because of all the benefit that I receive from it. But now you're not going to receive that benefit so long as this is a duty and not a delight. As long as this is a burden rather than seen as a blessing. And I will bear testimony that over the past 30 years, My mother has sustained me in my youthfulness. And now, as the years roll in, she is sustaining me. And and my mother keeps changing her name. It's not because she's trying to hide herself. It's just that she has different manifestations. I first knew her as Trinity Baptist Church in Clearwater, Florida. And then she changed her name to First Baptist Church Jacksonville. And then she changed her name yet again to Hillcrest Baptist Church. And what that name change signaled was a new way for me to serve her. And then she changed her name one more time. And she called herself Christ Fellowship. And there, she taught me so much And a few years ago, she changed her name one more time to Fisherville Baptist Church. And now I have known her through her physical care more than at any other time. And I am so grateful for her.
for her love and her care. Not just for me, but for my family. Whether she's going to change her name again yet, I don't know. But I do know this. That if she does, all that means for me is I will know her in new ways. So let me conclude this way. By thanking our God, our Father, for giving us our mother. That is the church. And that was no small price. It cost him his unique son. Which, by the way, reminds me, you remember I said earlier there was a day when my father, my heavenly father, brought me to my heavenly mother and said, here, look at what I found. Will you take care of this one? And she said, yes. What that day started out by me being told about my older brother, Jesus of Nazareth, who is the incarnate God who was sent by my Heavenly Father to demonstrate His love for me. And they told me that He did that by dying on a cross for my sins. And then after having been crucified on the cross, He was buried and rose from the dead on the third day to give proof to the fact that my sins had been forgiven. That was, that is the gospel. That marked the day when my father gave me to my mother. And I rejoice in that day with you today. So to the church, I say thank you for being my mother. And to my father, thank you for, for, for providing the way, the means by which she exists. So will you join me in praying a prayer of gratitude to thank God for the church, your mother. Father, thank you, O Lord. Thank you that in your wisdom, that in your wisdom from ages past, you have conceived of a way not only to demonstrate your love for us through Jesus, but also through the provision of the church. And thank you, Lord, that your Spirit inspired Paul to give us a whole new way to think about the church. Not just in institutional terms or religious terms, but to think of her in terms that are very dear to all of us. 
in terms of motherhood. And now, Lord, may you cause our experience to be such that we experience that motherhood intellectually and with our affections. Oh, Lord, may this day be marked by a rise in our affections for the church. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And you are dismissed in the name of the Lord. So, well, maybe not. Seth, are we going to sing another song? We are. We are.